Good morning, church family. As Raphael has said, my name is Molina, and I'm on staff here at Christ Church Midrand. I'll be reading our Bible passage today, which is Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was, a, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be, with, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of God. Thanks, Molina, for the Bible reading. Uh, let's bow our head and pray as we come to God's word. Dear Lord, it's always a great privilege for us as your people to come together to sing your praises to speak to you as we pray, but also to hear from you as you speak to us from your word. And we pray that this morning will be a great morning to all of us as we sit under the authority of your word. And Lord, for many of us, we may come here this morning with anxious heart just because of the struggles that we've been going through, the brokenness of this world. Lord, we pray that you'll give us your peace this morning. We pray that you'll comfort our hearts, whatever we might be going through. We pray that, Lord, you'll help us to trust in you. And as we come to your word, Lord, we pray that your word will be a lamp into our feet, that we will see who you are. Prepare our hearts and minds to receive your word, Lord. And as your servant, I pray that the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, we read that when the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. This just means that from chapter 9, verse 51 of Luke, Luke is telling us that Jesus started making his way to Jerusalem. Remember, he has spent his time in Galilee preaching and teaching. Now he's heading to Jerusalem. And this encounter of Zacchaeus occupies a serious place in Luke's account because it is Jesus' last personal encounter before he triumphantly enters Jerusalem and, of course, before the cross. 
And this encounter ends in verse 10 with a summary verse of Jesus' ministry. Look with me, verse 10 of Luke chapter 19. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So the question, why did Jesus come? Well, he came to seek and to save the lost. Why did he end up on the cross? Because he came to seek and to save the lost, which includes you and me. Three points this morning will help us to unpack our passage. Three points. I won't have any side road. Just three points. The first one, we look at introducing Zacchaeus. Who is Zacchaeus? We need to know who Zacchaeus is. Second, it will be Zacchaeus encounters Jesus. And third will be Zacchaeus' response to his encounter with Jesus. Point number one, meeting Zacchaeus or introducing Zacchaeus. Verses 1 to 3 of Luke chapter 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was, a, he was small in stature. So it is important for us to understand who Zacchaeus was if we have to understand the depth of this encounter that he has with Jesus. Zacchaeus is unknown to us apart from the story that is in front of us in Luke chapter 19. And Luke is the only gospel writer who tells us this story about Zacchaeus. And from verse 1, we learn that he was living in Jericho. So what is important about Jericho? Jericho was an important city when it comes to trade. It was one of the prime places known for tax collection in Palestine, along with Capernaum and Jerusalem. So Jericho was the center of a good deal of local wealth. In fact, Josephus, who was one of the Jewish historians, called Jericho a divine region. So it's a place where everyone longs to be. It was a wealthy city on the valley of the Jordan River, 29 kilometers east of Jerusalem. So all trade from Jerusalem to the east passed by Jericho. It was the customs point for all goods coming in from the east, and this includes all the region east of the Jordan River. And everyone coming from the east, after crossing the Jordan River, had to go through Jericho on their way to Jerusalem. So you understand, it was the ideal place to extort people going to the holy city of Jerusalem. We also learned that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Who were tax collectors? Well, these were Jewish people collecting taxes in Palestine, but for Rome. So their fellow countrymen hated them with passion, and rightly so. You remember during Jesus' time, Rome was controlling the world. Rome was controlling Palestine. And they did not collect their own taxes. 
So what happened? Some Jewish people with thick skin, so they really needed to be tough to be a tax collector. They will come together, they will submit their bid to Rome to pay the people's taxes for one year in advance. And Rome will choose the ones who pay more. Capitalism started long before. And in return, those guys will have all the power to collect taxes to cover their costs. Any money they collect that is excessive is theirs. It's not for Rome. Tax per se was not a problem. People understood that they have to pay tax. The profit made was also not a problem because like any business, they needed to make profit. But the problem was that the tax collectors made profit by cheating and using deception as they were collecting their taxes. So there was no tax rate for goods or for anything. Assessment will be done just as you get to the booth. Two people with the same item would pay two different taxes. Or even one person would pay two different taxes for the same item on two different occasions. That's how it was. And of course, there was no board of appeal. No complaint to anyone because no justice will be done as long as Rome is happy. At least we can still go to SARS and complain about few taxes. But here it was not the case. So these people were known by everyone to be rich. Rich to the expense of their fellow citizens but also they were known to be very corrupted. Remember, in the context of, 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 of Jerusalem, where people were so religious, it was said that Jewish people, whether conservative or liberal, they all agreed that it was acceptable to lie to tax collectors. You know how they were keeping the law, but they came with an agreement that when it comes to, collect, to tax collectors, well, you may lie to them. Tax collectors, they were bad people for all the Jews. They were not allowed in the synagogue. They were considered as outcasts, people who must stay outside. So now think about this. In this city of Jericho that was so wealthy and where tax collectors were so rich and decided on the tax rate depending on the mood of the day, Guess who was the big man? Zacchaeus. This little man in stature was not that little at all. He was the big man of the Jericho franchise, if we can put it that way, when it comes to tax. He was filthy rich in the fullest definition of the term. So Luke tells us in verse 2 that he was the chief tax collector, and this is the first time we come across this title of chief tax collector in the New Testament. He had tax collectors working under him. They were reporting to him. They were working for him. So when it comes to tax gathering perspective, Zacchaeus had made it in life. 
And you know, to get to this position that Zacchaeus had, it really needed someone who did not care about anything, any dignity or any moral. He didn't care of what people would say. So he did not become a chief tax collector for nothing. He was hated by everyone. So if tax collectors in general were hated by, uh, with passion, Zacchaeus was the person everyone loved to hate. Everyone loved to hate Zacchaeus. And here is the man whose name in Hebrew means pure and righteous. What a contrast. So in verse 3, we are told that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. So first point, we have met Zacchaeus. Second point, Zacchaeus encounters Jesus. Verses 4 to 5, we read, So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So in verse 3, we are already told that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. So he was determined to investigate, to see this Jesus with all the risks that come with, considering who he was. This must have been more than just a curiosity that prompted him to go and climb that tree, as we read in verse 4. Remember, he was a hated man, short in stature. So you can imagine Zacchaeus in the crowd. People could enjoy knocking him. Finally, we can knock him. He guys has been stealing our money. They will enjoy squeezing him around, stopping him from seeing Jesus short as he is, maybe even laughing at him. But in his head, he would have been like, you guys think you are clever. There's a sycamore tree there. I'll go there. I know Jesus will pass by. I will climb up and I will see him. And the question is for all of us that we need to, understand, uh, to answer, why did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? Why did he so badly want to see who Jesus is? You see, many a times in, uh, Jesus has been accused of being a friend of tax collectors. So it's interesting that Luke gives us six references to tax collectors in his gospel. And all those six references speak favorably about tax collectors. Look with me, chapter 3, verse 12. We read that tax collectors came to John to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? So they went to be baptized by John, tax collectors, the outcast. Chapter 5, verse 27. Jesus calls Levi, who was a tax collector, and he left his booth and followed Jesus. And Levi will organize a great feast where he invited many other tax collectors. Chapter 7, verse 29, people, including tax collectors, declared God just. Chapter 15, verse 1, tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to hear Jesus. Chapter 18, verse 13, the tax collector in the temple, remember the story of the tax collector and the Pharisees. When he was praying, he asked God, God, have mercy on me, I am a sinner. 
chapter 19, our encounter here, Zacchaeus with Jesus. Zacchaeus, who is a chief tax collector, is seeking to see Jesus. Our question is, why Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus? And we don't have a straight answer. On one hand, it could be that he might have heard that this Jesus was said to be a friend of tax collectors. It could be that he might have heard the story of his friend and colleague, Levi, who was converted and became a disciple who later will write the gospel according to Matthew. It could be that he might have heard how Jesus was different from all the teachers around on the time and all the miracles that he performed and how he was healing people. It could be that he might have heard things about Jesus. But on the other hand, it could be that after hearing all these rumors about Jesus and how he was welcoming towards everyone, especially the outcast, it may have been that Zacchaeus started to feel some regret about his lifestyle, maybe, who knows, a kind of self-disgust, hopelessness about how things are going in his life. He's hated by everyone. Although he had money, he felt lonely. He was not friend of everyone. He was trapped in a web he created, and there seemed to be no way out. It could be that despair was now driving him. You see, we cannot suppress our conscience forever. And maybe this is you this morning. Life has turned out to be not to be as you expected it to be. You have made some bad decisions in life. And this has caused broken relationships. This has caused your marriage. Has caused your marriage. Family is not holding on together. Your career has just been a disappointment. You have lost your reputation. Slowly you find yourself like trapped in a deep hole and you don't seem to get yourself out of it. And life does not stop for anyone. It moves on and you cannot seem to to change the situation that you are in. You feel trapped in a certain situation. You wish you could turn the clock back and restart everything again, but you cannot. And now you are seeking for Jesus, just like Zacchaeus was. And verse 10 tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Which actually tells us that Jesus is the one who has been seeking for you this morning. It's only him who can restore you. It's only him who can give you a fresh start. You can have a fresh start with him. He has been looking for you all along. And then from verse 5 we read, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So this scene here must be very touching. Think about this. There is the rich man of the town sitting on the tree. Try to figure it in your your head. The rich man of the town is there on the tree trying to see Jesus. Clearly, he didn't want to be seen by the public that way. That's not how Zacchaeus would have wanted to be seen by the crowd considering his position. 
And the moment Jesus looks at the tree and calls his name, all eyes are on him. There we go, that's Zacchaeus. And there the chief tax collector is made to be the spectacle of ridicule. He is on a tree. But this encounter will forever change the life of Zacchaeus, as we will see in his response to Jesus. What happens here is that grace was invading Zacchaeus' life. He was seeking to see Jesus, but Jesus is the one who has been seeking for Zacchaeus. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus would be at that sycamore tree at that exact time. This did not happen by any chance. This meeting was set before the foundation of the world. And for all of us, when you look back on how you came to Christ, you can see that step by step, God has been the one who has been at work from the very beginning. When you think about the fact that you came to church, it was not what you wanted. Someone invited and you just said, okay, today I will go. Let me just see what's happening there. To the point where you came to submit to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. You can just see that God is the one who has been doing things along the way. And if you are here this morning, you are seeking or investing the Christian faith, and there you find yourself sitting here this morning where you are not here by any chance, God has been seeking for you all along. And one thing I want us to, to look at before we go to our third point, and Luke the Evangelist wants us not to miss it. If you turn with me in the previous chapter, Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 from verse 18 up to verse 30, there you have the encounter of Jesus with the rich ruler. You remember the rich ruler he asked Jesus, what shall I do or what shall he do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, well, you know the commandments. And the rich ruler, what did he say? Well, I have been keeping them from my youth. And Jesus told him, one thing you still lack in verse 22 of Luke chapter 18. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. That's what Jesus told him. In verse 23, but when he heard these things, the rich ruler, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And then verse 25, Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And of course, the point Jesus was making was that to enter God's kingdom, to enter the kingdom of God, it's only by God's grace, not on basis of any work. And for the case here of the rich ruler, not on the basis of trusting your wealth more than you trust in Jesus, relying more on your wealth than you could rely on Jesus. So that's what he told the rich ruler. 
Then here you have the contrast between the rich ruler, who possibly was the ruler of the synagogue, and Zacchaeus, who was an outcast, someone from the outside, a tax collector. And Jesus stated something that was humanly impossible, which was the salvation of the rich man in verse 25, because of how he trusted his wealth more than he trusted Jesus. But now in our story, in our encounter with Zacchaeus, we are about to witness what is called to be impossible, which is the salvation of a rich, corrupted, wicked man that is Zacchaeus. Just as Jesus said later when he, he was asked, still in the, uh, the story of the rich ruler, then who shall be saved? He replied in verse 27 of Luke 18, what is impossible with men is possible with God. So what we're about to witness here, it's how impossible takes place, how a camel is about to go through the eye of the needle, how a wicked, rich, corrupted man is about to become a son of Abraham. Then we can go to our third point, Zacchaeus' response, verse 6 up to verse 10 of Luke chapter 19. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to, his, to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Verse 6, we read that he came down and received Jesus joyfully. So when Zacchaeus heard the voice of Jesus, he did not think twice. He did not think of having been the ridicule of the city. He did not say to Jesus, wait, I need to sort my life out. I need to put certain things right. No, his response was immediate. His response was joyful. He jumped out of that tree without any hesitation, without any reluctance, and took Jesus for lunch. And this was a life-changing moment for Zacchaeus. Notice in verse 8, he calls Jesus Lord. It seems as if he understood that he was in the presence of someone who was very different from anyone else he had ever encountered in his life. Of course, no one has ever treated him with dignity or with respect the same way Jesus was treating him in his encounter. And Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, he had a good understanding of the human nature, how broken we are. He knew how deceitful people could be about paying their taxes. But he also knew how dishonest tax collectors could be in collecting them. So he understood the human nature. But here he realized that he was in the presence of someone who could, not, who could see right through deception and fraud. He knew Jesus 
was someone with whom he had to be completely honest. You can't hide anything to Jesus. He can see through you. He could hide to fellow citizens. In fact, his life didn't even have to hide anything. But he understood that he has to be honest with Jesus. And when he speaks in verse 8, and here again it's a declaration of the stingiest man of the town. People are eating, it's that moment, it's quiet, then he stood up to speak. He is ready to pay the cost. Verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said to, to the Lord, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. So he is ready to pay the cost. He does the restitution of things that he has been stealing from people. He even gives back more than required by the law. It's clearly that this guy always overlooked the law, even when he's giving back. Then he said, if I have defrauded, and the if there, it's not a conditional if, it's basically saying, if I have which I know I have defrauded, I will give fourfold. You see, Zacchaeus lived out the command that the rich ruler sadly turned away from. And Zacchaeus here, he was walking through the eye of the needle and he was living to tell about it. The impossible was being made possible. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, it is useless to talk about trusting in Jesus and loving him unless it makes a difference in our material attachment. It is so much of a talk if it doesn't affect our grip of things. Acceptance by God gave Zacchaeus what he never experienced before in his life. Even his wealth never gave him what he was experienced. He was being he was experiencing as he was meeting with Jesus. And generosity was just an evidence of the redemption for Zacchaeus. The evidence of redemption will look different for different people. So no one comes to Jesus and remains the same. Something happens inside us. God does his miracle in our lives. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, this awakened his conscience and brought about the fruit of repentance. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. So it was not good works that saved Zacchaeus. It was not making minds about the past, the wrong past that he did that saved him. It was not his generosity to the poor that saved him. No, it was his personal encounter with Jesus. He realized who Jesus is, and that's what saved him. Something much deeper happened inside him. Verse 9, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. 
Zacchaeus is saved. He becomes a true son of Abraham. He met the Savior. Zacchaeus is a new man. That is why he could give his fortune away. He doesn't live for his fortune anymore. He was ready to give it all away. He had a new life. God has invaded his life. The gospel made this little man becoming a big man in the faith. You are not a real Christian if you are not willing to give to God all that is most precious in your life. If something is most precious to you than God, there's always a question mark on your commitment to Jesus. So here is a man who lived his entire life for his wealth, for his money. Now he doesn't count it anymore. He doesn't live for his money anymore. He's giving it away. So my beloved brothers and sisters, you know that nothing in life will satisfy us. No relationship will satisfy us. No meal for those of us who love our food will satisfy us. No amount of money that you can have will satisfy you. Nothing, nothing at all will satisfy you. But if you have caused to seek, this morning as you sit here under God's word, you are just like Zacchaeus. Jesus, the only person who can satisfy your longing, is saying to you, calm down. I have been seeking for you. I came here in this world for you. Today, I want to be your guest. Not tomorrow. Today, I want to be your guest. You are not beyond my reach. It doesn't matter what you've done with your life. It doesn't matter all the bad decisions that you've made. You are not beyond my reach. Today, I'm here for you. Not tomorrow. Today. Will you grab this hand that I'm extending to you? Will you welcome me in your house? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's bow ahead and pray. Maybe as you are sitting here this morning, God the Holy Spirit is speaking into your heart. You know where you stand uh, before Christ. You know your relationship with him. You know all the bad decisions that you've made in life. But he's extending his hand to you. He wants to start afresh with you. He has been looking for you. Today is the day he wants to be your guest. He wants you the way you are. Lord God, we thank you because you came into this world to seek and to save the lost, which includes all of us here this morning. Thank you for the salvation that you've brought to us. And Lord, like Zacchaeus, 
if some of us this morning are still seeking to see you, we really pray that you reach out to them, that they will encounter you in a very special way, that they will see you for who you are, the one who came exactly for people like ourselves who have been lost. We pray that today will be a day of a fresh start with you. We pray that today will be a day where we will encounter you for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for coming into this world for us. And again, once again, you know our hearts. Maybe we've been struggling with problems of this world. And Lord, we feel trapped in a hole that we can't get ourselves out of. Lord, we invite you. Will you please help us, Lord? Will you restore us? We know we can't do it on our own, Lord. Only you can. So we commit ourselves to you. As a redeemed family, Lord, we pray that you continually help us to live to live for you, Lord. Wherever you have placed us, wherever we find ourselves, that your name will be the name that we will seek to live for. And for this week that we are starting, Lord, we want to commit it before you. And Lord, we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will continually be with each one of us. Today, this week, this new month we are about to start, until when we'll be with you. And all God's people said, Amen.